Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Bud Light Studios. Bud Light. Easy to Sunday. KKSCFM HD1. Profile 10 for Boulder. Hey, Scott Asens here. Hey, it's Tyler Columbus. This is DMAT. Join us weekdays, noon to 3. PhD. On the station where you get it all. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. So a good weekend of double-doubles for her in the Mountain Time Zone. She had one at Utah as well on Friday. Foreman connecting for three. And finally the Bucks get on the board in the third quarter. The whole team looking a bit deflated during that run by CU in this third quarter. And they turn the ball over on the inbounds play. Hannah jumped through a right to Sherrod. Off to Maddie Nolan for another three. Nate and Andy, driven by Colorado Off-Road. Hey, that was our buddy Jenny Kavnar on the call right there. That was Sunday. Pac-12 Network buffs beat Stanford 71-59 up there in Boulder. Win number nine in a row. The buffs now 15-1, and 5-0 in the Pac-12. And you heard Jenny at the end of that call calling the buffs the fifth-ranked team in the country. Well, now they're the third-ranked team in the country. And what a weekend they've got coming up against UCLA and USC, the fifth- and sixth-ranked teams in the country, respectively. Joining us right now, great to have her back on the program, the head coach of the third-ranked team in the country, the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, our friend J.R. Payne. Coach, how are you? I am great. Thank you guys for having me. It's great to have you back on the show as always. Uh, Coach, again, I know it's one game at a time. You got a tough weekend coming up right here, but to just take a step back and say, we just beat Stanford. We are now the number three ranked team in the country. We've got it all in front of us. Uh, How does it feel to see your team getting rewarded for all their hard work and good play? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, we we have a lot of players that have been in our program for several years now, and so it's really incredible um, to see those players and and coaches, of course, but the players in particular that have worked so hard, um, you know, to build our program to where it is. It's just incredible to see them getting that type of recognition. Coach, are you enjoying this at all? You're a coach, so I imagine, you know, you just flush everything and move on, right? But have you enjoyed this season to this point? That's funny. I I will tell anyone, I absolutely love They work hard. They're silly. They're fun to be around. Um, so every day is awesome. Like, you know, it's not always a perfect practice or a perfect game, but we genuinely, genuinely enjoy being together. So, yes, I'm having tons of fun. 
I love my squad, um, and we're beyond excited for uh, for this weekend. So that victory over Stanford, uh, Kendall Weta hits the buzzer beater at halftime uh, from half court. You know, you you watch a million heaves, you know, from three quarters court, from half court, whatever, and you probably don't think much of it. Um, Coach, when she put that up, did you think like, hey, this one's got a chance? And like, how do you sort of like calm it back down and refocus once you get back to the locker room after an exciting end of the half like that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought it had a chance because she got a pretty clean look at it. Um, and it's kind of funny because a lot of our players like to shoot half-court shots, you know, like at the end of practice or, you know, just messing around. And Kendall is not one of them. Like, she's not usually one that really does that. And so um, it was a little bit ironic that, you know, that she was the one that, that hit the shot in the game. But, um, but yeah, they they were pretty calm. By the time we got back in, I think they were a pretty focused group on, you know, just trying to figure out what we needed to do for the second half. Well, and you beat a really good Stanford team. Um, one thing that stood out to me is Stanford's bigs in that game. I mean, Cameron Brink's an All-American. Uh, Erie often, I think she's like 17 and 10. And and yeah. they combined to go 10 of 32 from the field in that game. You know, your bigs, Vonley and Miller, um, what was so successful against them and, and how critical was that to getting that win? Yeah, it was it was really critical. I think Brink and, and Erioffen are two of the best post players in the country um, in that they have such a rare combination of size and skill and strength, and they're they're a tough matchup. So our post players knew going in, you know, you guys are going to have a job down there. But also I think our guard play did a really good job in helping, um, you know, the post because they were giving such tremendous ball pressure on the perimeter. You know, so they were, you know, making touches difficult just by being disruptive on the perimeter and, um, I think that allows your post players to, you know, have a little bit more time to get in position, things like that. So total team effort um, and was key to, to winning. J.R. Payne, head coach of the Buffs. They're 15-1, and 5-0 and in the Pac-12, third-ranked team in the country. She joins us on the Ramos Law Hotline. Car accident, you need Ramos Law, medical doctor and attorney, RamosLaw.com. Uh, Maddie Nolan went for 12 in that game. She hit three triples. Her role has increased. She's moved into the starting five. Grad transfer from Michigan. Like, you know, you look at her season numbers, Coach. Like, the minutes are down a little bit. Her numbers are down a little bit. And yet her, you know, her role has just sort of increased as the season has gone on. What have you seen from her in terms of just sort of sticking to it and becoming a bigger and bigger part of this team? Yeah, I mean, I think Maddie's role is really significant, you know, with our team because we have really great point guard play that can set people up. Um, we don't have a lot of people that can shoot the ball the way Maddie does. So I think the combination of her ability to shoot, um, you know, combined with our good point guard play is, is going to continue to have her elevate her game. Um, but she, I mean, she had a great career at Michigan. And then when she went, you know, to transfer her fifth year, she just said, I just want to be on a great team with great people that have a legitimate shot at a championship. She said, I don't need to be the man. I don't need X amount of shots or, you know, I just want to be on a great team. And so she's the ultimate teammate, very unselfish, very hardworking, um, and really just does whatever the team needs her to do. But I think she's going to continue to play a bigger and bigger, bigger role. Coach, for you personally, beating Stanford, and, you know, you walk over and you shake Tara Vanderveer's hand after that game, um, but but – 
beating a legend. I mean, for those that don't know, Tara Vanderveer, I mean, she's the Krzyzewski of women's basketball, essentially, and what she's been able to build at Stanford and a massive coaching tree. And I know, you know, all, all of you in the profession look up to her so much. Did, is that one of those moments that you get to take a, a, a certain amount of pride in of like, I've built this program up now that we can beat a team like that and a great coach like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know, but most people listening won't know that in two wins, you know, when Tara wins two more games, she will pass Krzyzewski as the all-time winningest coach in the history of basketball, men or women. Um, And so she truly is the best ever, you know. And so she's also very gracious and very complimentary and a humble winner and a humble loser. Like, she's, she's wonderful. She's a great example for all of us. Um, and of course, you know, our team has always battled Stanford pretty tough. And so really excited for that game. And, um, but yeah, she, she's really incredible for, for all of us to look up to coach. How have the atmosphere has been, I mean, I've heard things, but what's it been like from your perspective and you got the game coming up Friday. I see you want everybody to wear white. Um, just talk about the atmospheres and what you guys have inside the building there lately. It is amazing. It is electric, like unlike anything we've ever seen uh, for women's uh, sports at CU. You know, we had over 9,000 people there um, last Friday. We actually are expecting, you know, to sell out Friday night. Um, And so uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's a loud group. It's an energized, you know, fan base. Um, People know our players. You know, they're buying their, their jerseys. Uh, you know, it's, it's just very, very exciting in Boulder right now. How important is that for your group, too, to get used to that? I mean, you've got big things, right? You know, talking to our buddy Mark Johnson, he, he thinks you may go ahead and win the whole darn thing this year. How important is it for you to get exposed to these big environments, maybe that, like, you just laid out right there that your team was not used to and manage, managing the emotions of those buildings? Yeah, I think it's really important. You know, we've played in front of big crowds before, just not that size at home, you know. So it's kind of nice to be in front of 9,000 people that are actually cheering for you instead of booing you, um, you know. But it, it's great. It actually challenges us in ways that we haven't been challenged as far as communication, you know, on the court. On Sunday even, it was so loud. We were like, we need to make sure we over-communicate what we're doing so we're on the same page you know, things like that. So it's important. We're going to keep seeing big crowds throughout the season and hopefully in March Madness. All right, guys, go out, see the Buffs Friday night. They'll also be back home on Sunday night. Good Lord, look at this schedule. Three top ten opponents in eight days for Colorado. UCLA on Friday, USC on Sunday. This is a team where, you know, they got four players averaging in double figures right now. Frida Foreman is leading the Pac-12 in three-point shooting. Jalen Sherrod is a Wooden Award finalist. By the way, Coach, do you and uh, do you and Tad Boyle, do you guys ever, like, debate in the hallway who has the better point guard between K.J. Simpson and Jalen Jalen Sharon? I don't know. I think they are two of the best in America. You know, I love, I'm a huge KJ fan. Um, and they're both tough and, and awesome to watch. So uh, either one I would take. All right. Well, see you one of three, uh, three schools in the country with a wooden award finalist on both the men's and the women's side. Uh, but go watch the buffs this weekend coach. Hey, congratulations. Third ranked team in the country. You're 15 and one. You've won nine in a row. Uh, keep it rolling. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Have a good have a good night. All right, that's J.R. Payne, the head coach of the CU Buffs. Uh, they play number five UCLA Friday night, number six USC on Sunday night. Andy, they did over nine thousand at the Stanford game on Sunday. It was pumping in there. Yeah, you know, and it, it reminds me of the Seal Berry days where yeah. she had that those 
those teams going and winning the title and, and doing what, all the great things that she did. You know what amazes me? Looking at so Stanford was eight. Yeah. They've got UCLA Friday, who's fifth. Mm-hmm. Depending on the poll, six or fourth for USC. Yeah. Buffs are the, third. The pack, the buffs are third. The Pac 12 <laughs> just had a team in the championship game for football yep. in Washington. Mm-hmm. Why in the hell is this conference breaking up, it's Nate? So dumb. You know what I mean? It is so this dumb. This is re- it just is. It's and I didn't want to ask her about it again. She talked about it with us last time. Right, right. She's talked about it so much. It's not what the focus is on. And it's, I get it. It's, it's a better basketball conference in the big well, allegedly, maybe for the men, don't look like you can do too much better for the women. No, that's a brutal league on the women's side. I mean, that's uh, those are premier programs all over the place. That the idea that they couldn't get their crap together enough to get an actual television deal with the LA market. In, if you had just done it with the LA market, nobody leaves in all of the years that they could have been able to get it done. And then the year that it blows up, like you, you see how good it is right now in women's basketball. Like you see that on the men's side, especially what Arizona is capable of being able to do. You know, you look at the football season, Washington playing for a national championship, Dion being the story of the year in college football, Football. Oregon being or, a big Oregon deal. being a premier program like Washington Oregon was one of the best games that I watched all year in college football. Um, it's it's so dumb. It really is. It, it is just so stupid. Like Washington played the national title game against Michigan next year. They're in the same conference, right? It, yeah, it sucks. No, <laughs> it, it it just it does. Like there's. There, there has to be a world where we could get player empowerment and NIL and everything else. Like JR talking about, you can get my players' jerseys. Like, that's awesome. That's cool. That's, that's the way it always should have been. And I don't know. We could have actually still maintained geographic and longstanding rivalries within the sport. Yeah, you don't need a uh, California team flying out to Maryland on a regular <laughs> basis to get a game in. It's dumb. It is just so dumb and yeah like what what jr like look at the pac 12 like four teams in the top 10 in women's basketball yeah right now like premier programs and like all of the olympic sports and you're telling me somehow we can't have this conference dumb it is beyond dumb good conversation there with jr Payne. we love having her on the show good friend of the program uh we'll take a break when we come back um we gotta revisit what the nuggets did last night including some really head-scratching moments that happened in that loss. A well-played game, and yet I can still find areas to critique. We'll do that next. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect like daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's Crackman and Lindahl. Brought to you by Colorado Off-Road. Colorado grown. Colorado owned. Online at cooffroad.com. Altitude Sports Radio. 92.5. Game number 42 last night, Nuggets fall by five in Philly. 
Game was 78-all at the half. In fact, the Nuggets were up at the end of the third quarter. Reggie hit a three with 841 left, um, and then the Sixers went on a 16-2 run, and that was pretty much it for the evening. Yeah, there was... There was some less than ideal execution in the fourth quarter, Andy. We're going to call it that. Uh, Jamal Murray, let's just be blunt about it, had a terrible fourth quarter last night. He was 0 for 4. Uh, He was minus 9. He had a couple of turnovers in that fourth quarter. And I think a combination of fatigue and Pat Beverly got to Jamal Murray late in that game last night. And uh, I thought it was smart by Nick Nurse. He rode Beverly all the way to the end of that game because he liked what that matchup was doing. Uh, It looked like Jamal was playing at, um, I don't know, 80%, 70% capacity, whatever it was because of fatigue. And that to me was the difference in the game. Like Jokic jacked up a couple of threes. I think he was trying to make something happen for his team after they kept stringing together bad possessions. Neither of those were able to fall. Like, yeah, they had a minute. MPJ hit one big shot. Um, They made some free throws. Like they kind of got back into that game, but... All in all, like they just flat out, they didn't execute down the stretch. I thought they played pretty well for about eh, 43 minutes last night. Yeah, it was the first time in a while where I felt like the crunch time shots weren't falling. Philadelphia just kept leaving the door open, missing their own offensive possessions. The the thing that bums you out about it, like I'm not, we said this earlier, I'm not disappointed necessarily that you lost to Philly in Philly on a road trip. Right. I'm more disappointed that they had played the night before and you didn't take advantage of it. Now, I know you had the long travel day, and that stunk. That wasn't fun. But they played the night before. It set and, up well for you. Yeah. You you should have. And you shot so well in the first half. Somebody else brought up the free throw shooting, you know, even towards the end of the Like, again, they shot pretty good free throws, I believe. Everything was going in first half. And it was like everybody really kind of from both teams started to go cold at the same time. It was wild. Yep, another bad uh, free throw night out of Aaron Gordon last night. AG played pretty well in that game. But, you know, it was on the defensive end where Michael Malone made the decision like, okay, I'm, I'm going to guard Embiid straight up with AG for most of this evening. And, um, you know, they, they threw some doubles at him and Embiid was able to make him pay for that. But other than that, it was mostly just – it. It was a jump-shooting night for Joel Embiid. Can I? And he had an easy one. I don't think he had to really break that much of a sweat to go for 41 last night. And what I would like to see, and I I am aware, okay, there there is a cost that goes with forcing Joel Embiid to put the ball on the floor, okay? It's... Shows up in foul count you're sometimes. You're going to get a hell of a lot more fouls but also you are going to make him work a little bit harder. And typically you've seen what that's what teams have done with him in the postseason is just you make him work. Um, and you know that when it becomes a fourth quarter game, he's not going to have the same energy that he had. And you can possibly take advantage of it then on both ends of the floor. I thought the Nuggets generally gave Joel Embiid too easy of a time last night. All right. I'm going to float this out there. Float it. See, this is tough. It's a tough question to ask because, A, I'm about to float something out that involves one of my favorite guys on the team. I answer tough questions, Andy. And I'm not sure this is the year Calvin Booth thinks he's going to do this. But 
do they need to think about the bench? Like Rod's checking in and saying Maul shouldn't play the whole fourth quarter. I agree. I feel like there's times where you know Coach Malone so badly wants to trust the roster. And maybe Jalen, uh, not Julian Strother gets back. Not Jalen Pickett. Julian Strother gets back. He can throw a few more minutes in. He finds that shot, all that stuff. But let's be honest. That's best case scenario. Jalen, uh, Julian's a rookie, and he's going to probably continue to be a little bit up and down. Maybe he snaps out of it. Maybe he goes Christian Brown down the stretch. Maybe he finds something, and he is a regular contributor to the bench. Mm-hmm. I love Christian Brown. Do you think about shopping him right now? Do you think about doing something to bolster the bench? Is he a guy you think about? I wouldn't move him, and and this is why, because the role that you need Christian Brown to play in the postseason is essentially the same one that he played a year ago. The irritant. Exactly. And I... I was hoping that Christian Brown was going to take a step forward with his offensive game. Like, he's had good shooting stretches in this season, but by and large, I would say that Christian's having kind of a tough season. I think he still needs a lot of work on his handle, and it's pretty clear that the scouting report is make this dude put the ball on the floor. Um, I, I think that that's where he struggles the most. However, when they get to the postseason is what they're going to do is they are going to have Reggie essentially fill the Bruce Brown role, which is kind of what he's doing right now. Not as good of a defender, um, but a very good offensive player. I think Peyton Watson will be Jeff Green in in that scenario. He doesn't have exactly the height, but because of his length, he can sort of play that role. Christian Brown will be Christian Brown. And, and that's sort of what they're setting up, I think, to be for the postseason. That is contingent upon everybody being healthy. Right. Well... And, and, and again, like I was really, I was pleased with the way Peyton Watson played last night. I didn't think Christian Brown played a bad game last night, um, but bench scoring, like as we've learned, when it's time for this team to be able to start to make their postseason run, if Reggie can essentially fill in the gap what Bruce did last year, and I think that he can, they're going to be fine. But see, the key to that is you got to start resting Reggie a bit. Yeah. I feel like they're playing a lot of minutes for Reggie, mm-hmm. and I'm worried it's going to catch up to him at the worst time. Sure. That he's just going to be tired. I feel like over these next couple of months, they need to find a way to, to to reduce some of the minutes and then ramp him back up like late March or something. Yep. Um, And again, maybe the answer is Julian Strother not battling the hammy or whatever it is. He comes back. He starts hitting some threes. You're a little less worried about the – the bench scoring, but part of me wonders, do they need to make a move? And again, we all have to remember Calvin Booth said, I'm not worried about a repeat. Right. I'm worried about three and five years or something of that effect over the map. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and to that point, it's like, okay, you trade Christian Brown now you know, you're you're punting on a on a young player that is filled into a nice role and has sort of grown with this team. And continuity has been so important to everything the Nuggets have been doing. I'm with you. And look, I people people when you hear should you trade a guy, I'm not saying trade the guy that mean. sucks. I know what you mean. You gotta give up something to get something. He's yeah. a young player that I think would entice a lot of people. And it may be giving you a better trade. You're not getting something for end of the bench guy. Somebody texted in, and I think Postal Brian, 
What about Zeke? Look, I think we'd Not all tradable. like him to move Zeke right now. Yeah. I don't know what how much interest there is. No, you can't. And move a his... guy that just seems to be flatlining in his career. Yeah, you can't move his contract right now. You're stuck with Zeke it, at least until next year. You're you're stuck with Zeke. Um, yes, if Toronto buys out Bruce Brown, get him back. Yeah, even yes. Chris Chris Marlowe told us that a little bit. Yes, earlier. I'm. I am 100 all for that. I don't know if they will or not. Uh, but but in a world where Toronto didn't want to have Brucey B on their team, but what does um, he? Yeah. What does he have to? You taking like a million or whatever? Is there a vet minimum like two yeah. million? You're not giving him. You know, now look, I don't know why he wouldn't want to be a hell of a lot better those, than going to Canada. No, his right? contract's his contract. Like if Toronto buys him out, like you, you, he gets his money. And yeah, you're a free agent. Exactly. Yeah, now everything else is just house cash. Bring him back pretty much on the cheap. So yeah, I I wouldn't mess around with any. Do of you that really stuff. think they're gonna do that though? You know what broke my heart, and Chris is a thousand percent correct, and we all knew it at the time. This is what, and I only say broke my heart. I, look, I know he's. He's uber rich. He's doing crying his dollar bills (laughs) like Scrooge McDuck. Right. But we all like Bruce, right? I'm just talking about the person. Mm -hmm. Finally, Michael Malone shows the whole league. Here's how to use this guy. Yeah. Here's his optimal roles, all that kind of stuff. And Chris said it. You're paying too much. You're paying $24 million to a guy that we all knew wasn't worth it. That's why nobody in Denver has ever been mad the guy left. What's so funny about it, too, is like his his role, like look at any of his numbers. Like he's at almost the exact same amount of field goal attempts per game. Um, he's taken basically the exact same amount of threes every game. Right now, his rebound numbers are almost exactly the same. His assist total is almost exactly the same. Only last year in Denver, he was doing it for $6 million bucks, And this year in Indiana, he was doing it for $22.5 million. Like, Bruce Brown showed the world how valuable he can be to a basketball team, but there's no planet on which Bruce Brown is going to be one of the three best players on an NBA team. Or if he is, you're in trouble. He, he's and they your, paid him like they wanted him to be. He's your super sixth man. Yeah, they wanted him to compliment, you know, Turner and, and Halliburton. And again, he's a good player, but he's he's not that. Like, going and getting Pascal Siakam, I get what the Pacers are trying to do. Like, you that's a good move. Yeah, and they're a fun team. Yeah. We saw it with our own eyes just last week. They're a really good team. Yeah. No, that's that that's a good team right there. But no, I right now. If they buy him out, I'm all in. Just uh, do you really think they're gonna buy him out? I would be I would be a little bit surprised if if that was the move that they did. I don't need to trade anybody right now. You okay. know, like, I'm with you. Like you can I, hang out there. They're Right now, and and you need everybody to be be able to stay healthy. But I know what one through eight looks like for the postseason now for this team. You know, I I know what it looks like. I don't know if they can do it again. You know, I don't know if fatigue is going to get them or anything else like that. Um, but I I know right now what one through eight looks like, and I saw a similar group win an NBA title a year ago. By the way, so we've got Najee for Brown. Spring, do you have your tweet pulled up? Spring was cracking me up because he was trying to figure out a way how to get Bruce Brown back here. Okay. He finally, he even got rejected. He tried to trade Aaron Gordon in this little trade simulator thing. So you were in the trade machine. He was trying to do Aaron Gordon for Bruce Brown, and it wouldn't even allow him to do that. Do do you have all Mm -hmm. the people you had to move? Like, he's got like half the NBA involved to try to get Bruce (laughs) Brown back here. Yeah, you, basically, you just got to start stripping a lot of salary from the Nuggets, obviously. Sure. But but even, like, Bruce for Aaron Gordon straight up, like, 
and they're Declined. both they're both twenty two million dollar a year players, uh-huh. which is kind of crazy that you know inflation got Bruce to Aaron Gordon level of no money. No kidding, right? Um, but that won't work because of like the way the Nuggets have acquired players recently. So you just got you got to strip even more money. But obviously, you don't want to trade AG. You want to trade any of the core guys. Um, the one core guy you do have to trade is Contavious Caldwell Pope. All right, so here's your trade. Okay, um, this is a weird one. Stay with him. Okay, the Nuggets get Bruce Brown and Alex Caruso from the Bulls. <laughs> the Bulls get Jonathan Isaac from the Magic, Zeke Naji, Julian Strother. That one hurts. Hunter Tyson. The Magic get Contavious Caldwell Pope, Reggie Jackson, Vlatko Chanchar, DeAndre Jordan. The Raptors get Lonzo Ball, Christian Brown, Justin Holiday, Jalen Pickett. John Hollinger says the Nuggets add two wins. The Magic add two wins. And both the Bulls and Raptors lose two wins, but they get young players that they can build around, like Christian Brown and Julian Strauss. And who is left? Who's left, Spring? So you're, you're starting five. You is, still have Jokic. You still have Jamal. You still have MPJ. And Aaron Gordon. And now Bruce is your starting two guard instead of KCP. Okay. And Alex Caruso and Peyton Watson are your first two off the bench. Off the bench. Um, Strother's gone. Hunter Tyson. Is Jalen Pickett still on the team? No, Jalen Pickett's gone. And it's funny. You have to. Like, Wait, the, they, they don't have yeah. enough players right. to legally play games so now. Now Colin Gillespie's back with the team. Okay. And, you know, a buyout guy or two. I just saw this, like, TCU's women's team. I saw this headline today. Like, TCU's women's team had to cancel two games. They don't have enough players right now. Because there's sickness running uh, through yeah, or whatever. They, yeah. But so in the playoffs, what do you really need? <laughs> How many guys do you okay. really need? I, I've, got, I've got Springs trade pulled up. I'm going to read you all the guys the Nuggets lose to okay. get Bruce Brown back here to make this work with the Bulls, Magic, and Raptors. They lose KCP, Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan, Chanchar, he's not playing, Najee, Strother, Hunter Tyson, um, Jalen Pickett, uh, Holiday, and Christian Brown. Is Francisco Elson on that list? Yeah, he might as well be. <laughs> and an old Carmelo Anthony jersey's thrown in Sonny because Weems we don't need it anymore. in this trade yeah, as well. Yeah, Vaughn, uh, Vaughn Wafer <laughs> somehow got involved. <laughs> Yeah, 10 Nuggets players have to get moved in order for this to, or nine Nuggets players have to get moved for this to work. See, but if they do no, 10. all of this, then finally Michael Malone will be correct from the parade, and then that would make it all worth it, right? And you get Alex Caruso in his ultra sweet headband with his bald head. These up. I would I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I like I am laughing. I am laughing looking at this. This is the most ridiculous trade. Like, this is not even a Madden trade. What's funny is it's all necessary. Like, every last dollar is necessary. It's necessary to make it work by NBA rules. Mm-hmm. Is Brucey B going anywhere? Hell no. no. Hell not here no. anyway. Hell no. Hey, we run this back. We run this We just have to trade 18 players to make it happen, and no then we deal. can run this bleep back. Who doesn't love a good 10-player trade? Opens up all kind of jersey numbers. Totally. Got the, the Nuggets, the Bulls, the Magic, and the Raptors. Warm-up line would be quicker. 
Somebody added a throw in Russell Wilson while we're at Yeah. It. Why not? What I talk with Russell about is none of your business. None of your business. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like this from Cuban Benny. Junior Harrington and Priest Lauderdale. You got to go back a while there to get go. a good Priest Lauderdale there in there. There you go. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Mamadou Njai? Can I get a Tony Batie reference here today on I the show? I need some Mamadou Njai. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, one of the fun things about uh, a team advancing deep into the NFL playoffs is all the new reporters that then get to show up and start covering the team. Todd Bowles dealt with this today in Tampa Bay. We'll play you the audio next. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Add some texture to the conversation. Text Altitude Sports Radio 925. Come on now! On the Shop Mazda text line 303 504 0925. Birdo's got the Blitz. It's coming up next right here on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. It is divisional playoff weekend. Super divisional playoff weekend. It's all just super to me. Uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock, Andy, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will go to take on the Detroit Lions. A team from Florida is going to play a game in January in Detroit. Oh, man, better check the weather. The weather could be an issue in this game. So thought one savvy reporter as she was sent out to the Todd Bowles press conference today to cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Going to guess this gal didn't come from the sports department. Here we go, Todd Bowles. Tolerate this question. Coach, you, you. Uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't um, No. Nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. Oh, no! <laughs> Dude, halfway through the question. No! Yeah. Like, it, you could see in the video, too, it, like, dawns on bowls of, like, oh, she's really asking this. Yeah, you... <laughs> You aren't aware of and the yet, structure we're about to play in. At no point did he did he try to stop her. Just give her a courtesy of like, we're playing inside. He just could have very quickly given it to her instead. Didn't, it was, like, look, you and I have been let around her finish. for some of these where you just want to be like, uh-uh. no, stop. They no. Don't, I know where you're going. They don't play outside. And you and I, I said it to you. And then Spring walked in, I said, because I was at a place that did this sometimes across mm-hmm. the street. You send a news person because you don't have sports people. 
And sure enough, Spring walked in and said, the TV station that this lady came from had cut their sports department, which is becoming kind of a popular They deal. laid off their entire sports department. So they sent out, you know. And then all of a sudden, because you know they probably thought the Bucks aren't winning anyway. They haven't been a very good team. Sure. So we'll cut the sports department. We're not going to need to worry about it. Now we got to we'll care. somebody as football comes closer or whatever. Although you got the lightning down there. You think they would care. Um, and all of a sudden, this is. This is how it ends. I always like when these things happen. We had the the drops from last year. Do you remember after uh, Bruce Boudreau? Remember he got fired by Vancouver? Yeah. That all breaking news or whatever. Went down. Wasn't this? So this happened spring, and they hired Rick Tockett afterwards. But this was from a news station in D.C. Because remember, Boudreau had used to coach the Caps. And so... Again, news gal had to handle the story, and this is how it went. And former Washington Capitals coach Bruce Boudreau has been fired by the Vancouver Canucks. The team announced the change today. Rick Tuchet was hired as Boudreau's replacement. <laughs> the Canucks is the that best. That was O for three. Canucks. Tuchet. I would have gone Tuck Shea, I think. If yeah, I was, that's not an easy one. If but. I was just reading that one and I didn't know how it was pronounced, and to be fair, like on hockey names, I always try to double check. You know, I'm still getting used to Eustace Aninen. Like, a, I don't even know if I said it right right there. Right. Yeah, but I, I, you always got to double check on the hockey names. They can be tricky. By the way, breaking news. Breaking news, Spring. Okay, I'm, this comes from Adam Schefter. Nate, is this truly breaking news? Okay, let's have it. The Dallas Cowboys have decided they are not firing Mike McCarthy. In future news, the Dallas Cowboys will, will be go firing Mike 11 and 6 next year yeah. and losing on Super Wild Card Weekend again. You shocked by that at all? I. I am. I am. I'm with you. Truly shocked that Mike McCarthy will be back as the head coach of the Cowboys next year. How do you keep running this thing back? Like, I would I would love to see a world where Dak Prescott got coached by an actually competent coach. Not Jason Garrett, not Mike McCarthy. Like, what if what if Mike McDaniel? Got to go coach Dak. He didn't have to do deal with Tua anymore, and he got Dak Prescott in his life. I bet Mike McDaniel would like to see what that looked like. I bet Dak would like to see what that looks like, but instead he's stuck playing for Mike McCarthy. Okay. Did Mike just throw Dan Quinn under the bus and go, hey, man, we finally got our stuff together. We couldn't get a stop defensively. They had 16 points until garbage time I in that know. game. I they know. were garbage in that. Everything that the Cowboys did in that game was hey, downright look, terrible. Look, I'm with you. I'm shocked. I thought they would actually fire him this time. At some point, you got to make a change, right? Yes. Because even even our Cowboy fans, we got a we got a really good new listener who's a Cowboy fan, and even he wrote in. In the middle of the season, he said, I don't trust the Cowboys. Do you think that this is a result of Jerry Jones having been rebuffed by Greg Penner in trading a draft pick to acquire Sean Payton in Dallas? 
No. I mean, the story always was that Jerry was infatuated with Sean, that he wanted to replicate the Bill Parcells experience. Okay, let me tell you why I don't think this is it, all right? First off, well, I do think Penner, clearly clearly Peyton's Penner's guy. Yep. But there was an interesting report. I, I found this surprising. And on Good Morning Football the other day, the whole reason why Mike McCarthy and the staff returned as a whole was, and I guess Jerry made him made him being Mike McCarthy pare down his staff because Jerry's sick of paying all these coaches. Sure. So he's sick of paying the coaches. Let's say Jerry did want to make the trade. I'm not sure he wants to pay 18 mil a year to a coach. What would be the difference? You can't take it with you, Jerry. Because apparently all of a sudden this guy's a little worried about how much money he's shelling out. He made McCarthy pare down his staff last year. That was the report on Monday that Jerry said, I am spending too much on my coaching staff, pare it down. And he, he lopped off like a third of the coaches or something like it that. Is, it is incredible, though. Like, think about that. Because I don't think the Cowboys are going to have a better opportunity than they had this year. No, I you think know? you're right. Like, like, Dak was an MVP candidate until, like, late December. Look at the Eagles. Eagles had it all going. They show you how quickly this thing can turn around. C.D. Lamb is like a bona fide all-pro star player that you have. You know, you move on from Zeke. You still have an awesome offensive line. Defensively, you have arguably, you know, or I don't know if he's the best, but a top five pass rusher in the game today in Micah Parsons. You got studs all over your secondary. Like, you know, you're going to get digs back and healthy next year. But, like, how how is it going to get better? How is it going to get better for the Dallas Cowboys? That's the thing I don't like. They needed fresh eyes to be able to walk in that door. I don't disagree with you. But, again, here would be the other interesting part. I don't think Sean Payton wants to be a full GM. That's the reason why George Payton's sticking around. Mm-hmm. But they said this was going to be the problem with Sean, with Jerry Jones and either Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. Jerry's still going to tell you who your players are. Sure. And I don't think whether it's Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh, none of those guys want to go for that. Jerry is the GM. Jerry is a unique owner. He still thinks he's got it figured out. And I don't think any of the three men we're talking about are signing up for that. <laughs> and honestly, like, it's kind of hard to argue with Jerry. Like, he built a good roster. A twelve win team. Sure. Fair enough. How do you how do you not make that change? It's wild to me. Yeah, let me ask you. Do you think Sean Payton wants to leave Denver? See, I think if this goes down next year, mm-hmm. it gets interesting. I I because next year Sean's probably more in the reality of what the dead cap does to you. Like Sean is is now I don't think the dead cap thing is that bad. Again, you could keep saying it. You know what? We're all going to find out. Four out of the five teams that had the heaviest dead cap hit in the NFL. Yeah, they also had young rosters and quarterbacks in place. You don't. Um, you don't know that. Yeah, come on now. Jordan Love's (laughs) better than Jared Stidham. You don't know that. Baker Mayfield's better than Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham's system quarterback might be able to do something. Yeah, we saw 16 points. We saw what it did. Again, this is start number I, one and I two. I love your Jerry Stidham loyalty out of nowhere. I'm a steady guy. Through we we got plenty of time to fight this, including <laughs> camp. 
Um, I think next year it becomes a more interesting question. I think right now, Sean is just starting to seize his true power in that building. I don't think he's looking to leave with his 18 mil. I think they're, you're probably right about that. I think there probably is something to that. Although, again, if you're going to look at Sean Payton and say, you can have the Cowboys roster or you can have the Broncos roster, which one do you want? But do I get my 18 mil? I well, of course. Yeah, that, that I'm part not of it, sure Jerry wants to pay him his 18 mil that, based off this report. That part of it doesn't change. Um, you would you would be sure that Sean would want to go and take the Cowboys roster. Everything equal, you would think. Yeah. But again, why? See, I would ask you why. I'm curious, why didn't Sean hang out one more year himself? Don't know. I've already put out. Don't know. Why didn't the Broncos hang out one more year? Sean had to know all these jobs are probably going to come open. His 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 rumored top of the list LA job he had to know was probably coming open. I don't think when 18 mil gets dangled in front of you, who the hell says no? Exactly, exactly. Let's it, you do know? it. Like the guy could have waited another year and maybe been coaching Justin Herbert, or maybe could have been coaching Dak Prescott, uh, but instead he's coaching. System quarterback Jared Stidham. That's his dude, man. <laughs> this is what he wanted. Got him on the first day of free agency. Everything's perfect. John's got his guy. Yeah, he also thought that he could make it work with Russ a little bit. What I talk with Russell about is none of your business. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. That make it work with Russ? Okay, if you I think Sean, if you don't think you can make it work with Russ, then I question all the more why you're popping off to Jarrett Bell beginning of the year. I think Sean made up his mind the day that he walked in the door, it ain't going to work with Russ. So then don't pop off to Jarrett Bell about a playoff team. Well, that's a that, that's a couple That's of, a two lattes deal. That's a that's a two latte that's deal. That's dos lattes? Mhm. What is lattes in Spanish? Latte? <laughs> I think somewhere along those lines. Yeah, Broncos are going to be fine, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, well, we almost can't. Well, yeah. There's a, this thing is on its way up. Don't get worked up over the people in Texas. Don't get worked up over the dead cat money. You're going to find out, but they're, it's fine. We'll all wait and see. They're going to be just fine. Again, four of the five teams the most dead cap this year. That also had a ton of draft picks and youngest rosters in the league. The Broncos are one of the oldest. They're going to start trading. They're good. Oh, okay. They're sure, going to get younger. Sure. Here we go. Hey, when 32-year-old Garrett Bowles, when 31-year-old Justin Simmons, when 31-year-old Tim Patrick is out the door, look at that. You just got younger. You just got younger. Who's taking over? Don't have um, to worry about Patrick. Who's taking over the other two? Alex Paul Chesky is uh, playing left tackle. My guy out of Illinois. It's going to be just great. Buckle up. Safety's going to be a little bit of a fall. Don't worry about it. Who's taking the place of the free agents you can't re-sign right now either? Josie Jewell? Which for, oh, Josie Jewell? That's uh, that's Drew Sanders. He's moving inside. Nah, he doesn't do inside. He's an outside player. They're going to be fine. I love Nate Kreckman. Hey, All of a sudden. Look, look, I could listen to the tape recorder of Jeff Legwald all day long, or I can look at it and say, hey, the glass is, it's more than half Go full. ahead and look at it. Go it's ahead the, and look at it, because we're, we're all going to find Andy, out. if God's not a Broncos fan, then why are sunsets orange? Well, we haven't had many lately. <laughs> <laughs> it's been cloudy. They're doing great. Broncos are in a good spot. Come on. 
Come on, Broncos country. What? Why am I Mr. Broncos yeah, country? Yeah, I really all of a have sudden? no idea. You better shave that mustache <laughs> and get back to who the hell you are. Here's the funny part: is you've been telling me for years they were going to be good, and I said they would suck, and they sucked. Now you're telling me they suck, and I'm saying they're going to be good. I'm trusting myself on this one. Oh uh, well, keep trusting yourself. <laughs> you told me Jimmy G was going to be better than Russ. Um, what was didn't. Garoppolo's team beat Russ head-to-head this year? No. Yeah, it did. One Jimmy. game. We yeah. said end of the year, who would be better? They didn't want, they didn't want Jimmy out there. Who's in a better spot right now, Russ hey. or Jimmy G? The answer is nobody. Oh, is that what it is? I'm All a right. Jimmy guy. What? Hey. <laughs> Jimmy guy. What if Jimmy shows up here next I'm year? I'm fixing the Broncos. What about Jimmy and Stidham? All for you. Man, nothing but Bronco hate coming out of Andy Lindahl. Unbelievable. It's called reality. Man. It's going to be good. What time is it? It's the off-season. Hope springs eternal. Um, we're back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We're out at Twin Peaks. <laughs> Flat on. We are. Come join us. I'll bring the ring. Yeah. We can't talk. We can't wait to talk to you out there and uh, and tell you how good the Broncos are going to be next year. Sean Payton, Coach of the Year, 2024. Good night, everybody.